Welcome to Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Folks, we are live again. We are back in business. Anyway, folks, we have a great show for you today. We have a lot to talk about. And this one you are going to want to call in because we got to talk. 713-526-5738. All lines are open and ready to go. 713-526-5738. Let me get to the preamble. The title of the show today is Hurricane Eon Should Teach Something About the Government and Private Sector. It's all about risk. We're also going to talk about what occurred in San Francisco. When we fight, we win. San Francisco airport workers end strike after pay victory. And we may also touch on the two key battles. How do we keep our democracy? We will keep our democracy not by hook or crook, but by the vote. So before we get started, as I said, one of my main pet peeves right now is to tell all our citizens right here in Houston and throughout the United States. Remember, folks, the reason why many try their best to stop you to vote is because voting is so important. So please make sure to go register to vote here in in texas i think the deadline is october 10th or 11th check it out go to your county office and make sure register to vote exercise the right that many have bled for exercise the right that makes this country free Anyhow, folks, we're going to have a great time today. Uh, the risk, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Want to hear from you guys. Did you see the coverage of the hurricane? There are so many things that got to me in the coverage. You know, you can see it and you you feel the pain of the people in Florida, in all these different towns where the hurricane is decimating. And then you ask yourself a question. Why is it that so many people decided to stay? Why is it that so many people ultimately will die of a hurricane that while bad, we had places to put them? It's a new psychology, folks. It's that new psychology that says, I don't want to tell anybody to tell me what to do. I don't want to listen to people in authority. I don't want to have people in authority. And with that, we paid with our lives. We paid with our lives during the COVID epidemic. We paid our lives during hurricanes. We paid our lives with so many things going forward. Let's let's try, let's let's try to refrain from that. But anyway, let's talk about these risk factors. 713-526-5738. We're open for calls. We'd like to hear your point of view. No point of view is not tolerated here. We want to hear everything from you. Kush 8BO dollar. Welcome to Politics Done Right online at KPFT FM. Anyhow, you you have to ask yourself the question. You know, I, I've flown into Florida so many times and crossing into Miami, you see those beautiful canals. And you know what? I didn't realize what I was flying over. I saw those canals and I always wondered What about that hurricane? What about that hurricane when it comes? What about that storm surge? And why would we invest so much in building so much in these areas? And kept on asking myself, who who, who, who is going to pay for these 
buildings, these buildings that so many are profiting from. And you keep asking yourself the question and you keep asking yourself the question. It's it's right here in Houston as well. Uh, we had the, the, the aquifer, not the aquifers, we had the reservoirs out here, the Barker Cypress Reservoir in Houston. We had the uh, the the other reservoir that I can't recall its name right now. And what happens? You weren't supposed to build in it. And here comes the here comes the builders. Here comes the real estate guys that find a way to say, folks, we're going to build here. And the poor folks who buy it are not sure. Risk again, risk hurricanes and more tag. Come on in. Uh, tag, I think you are going to be hot in one second. You c- go ahead, tag. Hey, Ernesto, how are you? I'm fine. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Calling from mid-Michigan. Yes. Listening online. Thank you for, first of all, thank you for listening. And please remember to let folks know about this station that is catering to everyone. Talk to me. What's, what, what do you want to talk about? Well, you had mentioned Hurricane Ian. Yes. <clears throat> and, um, you know, the way it's been covered. But I have a little different view about that. Okay. And it kind of departs quickly from, from our coverage. And what, what's really getting me right now is, is the, um, the pipeline over in uh, Denmark in, in the Baltic Sea, right? Yes, sir. That's a very dangerous occurrence that nobody's talking enough about. Well, <clears throat> to me, the worst thing is, is that what it does to our greenhouse gases. Yes. And then all of a sudden, because of this thing, we have uh, uh, increasingly warming planet which which um then you know leads to higher uh sea levels and uh more hurricanes you know worse hurricanes in the long run and and i don't think anybody's really paying a lot of attention to what's going on there you know what you mentioned well you know uh, with the hurricane that's occurring in florida we we have a tendency to not walk even though every american citizen has the ability to walk and chew gum at the same time. They have kids going to school and at the same time, the mom or pop has to come home and cook. And at the same time, they have to think about what the kid's going to do. We can do that. Unfortunately, our leaders didn't have any interest in us doing that. But you brought you bring up a very important point. Here we have a hurricane that was likely exacerbated by climate change. And here we have a huge climate event with what's occurring in the Baltic Sea with what you just explained. And it's not getting near the coverage that it should get. So you're absolutely right about that. Now, let, let's talk about even the methane gas. The methane gas are orders of magnitudes more greenhouse effects than carbon dioxide. Yet you're correct. correct. We're not talking about it. Yes. And, and, and not only that, but the underlying, what I see is the underlying driver behind this is that, um, for me, it seems like uh, a punishment for our stance on Ukraine and and uh, especially Europe's stance on Ukraine and that we're trying to trying to promote uh, democracy there which you mentioned yes. and and the fact is is that somebody doesn't like democracy doesn't want democracy in Ukraine so this was you know rather than actually nuking a power plant or or throwing a local uh, nuke bomb you know this was a way for somebody to be able to say 
yeah, we have the capability to make your life real miserable, and we're going to do that by doing something like Nord Stream bombing. Oh, man, you hit the nail on the head. That is exactly what they want to show, that they can uns- they can destabilize. They started with Nordstrom likely because it's not operational. In other words, it has gas in it, but nobody's it, there's no gas pumping. But you just claim something, a uh, tag that is very important, and, and, and you know, I I wouldn't have mentioned it if you hadn't mentioned it. I think it's important what you just said, because here's the funny part about it. They could do that with the undersea on the fiber cable as well. They could do it with a whole lot of these different things that we have connecting these continents, right? So when you say they, they just want to show you that they can make a whole lot of mischief around the world, even if we can't win the battle on the soils of Ukraine. So you're absolutely right about that. Folks, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. We have all lines open except for the one that Tag is talking on right now. Anything else you'd like to say, Tag? Well, Ernesto, I think following the same train of thought is that I think the majority of Americans are running around with blinders on, you know, and so they're only looking at what they're told to look at or Mm -hmm. even less because it messes up their day-to-day logic and thinking about about where they're at you know like oh gas is so high or foods the shelves are empty i mean it's like no you really got to be thinking about what's coming down the pipeline for uh and especially with with russia and doing this around the world for you know i'm and and now it's finally come to light and I think I'm losing you sometime, Tag. I don't know if that is on our end or your end, but I think it may be on your end. Uh, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm just saying that people are running around with blinders on and and they, they want to be led to think about, uh, you know, the price of gasoline or how the, right. how the shelves look in the supermarkets. But they don't think about this bigger picture of what's happening to our climate. I, I want to stop you there because what you just said, I think every American needs to hear what you just said with us having blinders on. You're absolutely correct. We don't teach civics in school anymore. We don't teach. We don't. We don't treat. We don't teach critical thinking anymore. In other words, we just look at things superficially. You're correct in stating that we have blinders on. That's identical to saying that we're looking at things superficially. Let me do a station station call right now. This is KPFD 90.1 FM Houston. We're coming to you live. Please, folks, this is also a call-in show now, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. All lines are open, minus tags, of course. So give us a call, 713-526-5738. We'd love to hear what's on your mind. All right, um, Tag, as you mentioned before, yes, it is absolutely true that folks have blinders on, but it's it's also uh, the fact that we have been programmed this way since the, since we started stop teaching civics in schools. I mean, there's so much we can do to make all Americans more productive, to make all Americans more engaged, to make all Americans realize that the government is we the people. And that is just educating them as to how government functions. When you don't do that, which is purposeful that we don't do that, people don't feel a, a part of the system. They don't feel that they are in control and that those are the things that happened. Anything else that you'd like to talk about before I move on? Yeah, just real quickly, exactly what you're saying, I agree 100%, is that Americans don't understand what it takes to hold on to their democracy. Right. And 
and and so subsequently they think if they have some guy that's a strong ruler and he's taking care of all their needs and the politically that that's great but they don't understand that it takes every one of us to have a voice in our democracy in order to keep this uh, train on on the tracks and one last thing i want to say before i go is that part of that effort is to support kpft and and in that support you know we need to be calling in and and voicing our opinions because now kpft has several call-in shows which is fantastic i thank sandy for helping us do that but the other thing is is to you know to uh you know go to kpft.org and uh plug the tip jar there a little bit and um so that we don't have to have the long fund drives i think it's important that we do both uh and and so um hopefully people will support your show and support work and support everybody i mean it's the only way we're going to have a voice in our in this part of our democracy, but then we have to get out to the polls and vote. We have to support, you know, the leaders that we want, and um, it, it takes a lot of work to have a good life here in America. Well, Tag, thank you so kindly for calling. Thank you also for plugging all all these shows and giving kudos to Sandy, etc., etc., etc. This <laughs> is what community radio is all about. And one last thing, you talk about having the blinders on. We are here at KPFT to assist. In opening those blinders. So thank you so kindly for having called KPFT 9.1. Well, and, and I, I want to uh, advocate that people of the other persuasion call and get their opinions out, too. It's not just about the, the, the Democrats or the left wing. It's everybody. This luckily, is a, a station for everybody. Luckily, Tag, right now I'm reading from some of our conservatives online, and I'm about to read a couple of that right now. But folks, call 7. Thank you very much, Tag. Thank you for Thank you, Ernesto. Have a good day. Bye. Egberto, Egberto, Egberto. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, 713-526-5738 is the number. All lines are open. If you want to speak to us, give us a call. 713-526-5738. Eric Hayes says, be sure to tune in to the hour-long prize fight tonight for governor. We are carrying that live tonight at starting at 6 o'clock. PM Central Time, Eric. So thank you for pre-advertising that for us on Facebook. Also, Eric Hayes says, Egberto, do you think the Nordstrom gas explosion was on purpose? 300 feet below and thick steel. Uh, not many can do clandestine thing like that. I think it was Russia who did that. And the reason I think it's Russia, Russia wants them to know he, we can do it with the pipeline. We can also do it with the underground cable. We can also do it with just about anything that you want so please let's play ball welcome aboard to the program eric hayes lee grant and kush bo dollar dollar james is in the house with us right now we can also use more calls at 713-526-5738 again that number is 713-526-5738 lee grant says if we studied civics more people would learn that they can't abolish the electoral college just because they don't like the results of an election i think they would learn that otherwise anyway james come on in you are hot james you're on hi uh yeah um i i was calling in to talk about the Nord Stream pipeline bombing sure uh, uh, am i correct in understanding uh, we're kind of going along with the idea that, that russia bombed their own pipeline I I, mean, I think that, look, we don't know, right? So anybody who says what goes on first have to have the humility to say, I don't know the facts. But if I were to look at what's going on around the world, 
the most likely person that would gain the most from a bombed Nordstrom to make a point would be Russia. But if you have an alter, an alter, an other theory, I would be more than happy to listen to that. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely think that Russia has the least to gain from it. Okay. Uh, the Nord Stream uh, and their ability to supply gas to Europe is their most powerful bargaining chip right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they control the taps. Mm-hmm. The gas is coming from Russia. If they wanted to cut off Europe, they would just turn off the taps. Mm-hmm. Easy as it? They don't need to do billions of dollars to their own infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um However, there has been uh, a rising movement within Europe to push for peace so they can get gas and not struggle this winter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to me, it seems like either the U.S. or possibly even Ukraine, but they were getting paid for the gas passing through their country. Europe, or rather Russia, was paying them. Right. Um, so really, that leaves the U.S. with the most to gain from keeping Europe on our side, uh, supporting the military-industrial complex. James, so. let me tell you, that is not a forfeit. Your idea is not at all a forfeited idea. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's actually a practical idea as well. There are two folks that that stand to gain from that. In in that, if Russia, but here's the thing: if Russia believes that the alliance will crack then it makes no sense for Russia to do it, and it makes sense for the United States to do it. However, if Russia believes that the alliance will hold strong, and my thoughts based on what I have heard from even India and China, is that the alliance is likely to stay strong because Russia no longer has a strong alliance with neither China or India in that they have publicly rebooted uh, rebuked uh, Russia for their invading of Ukraine. So I, I, I think, like like I said, neither you nor I know the actual facts, right? So mine's just speculation, yours just speculation. And both speculations, believe it or not, have merits. And it all depends on whether the which one has more merit, I think, depends on whether the alliance was likely to hold strong or not. Your thoughts before we go to the other caller? Um, that is a useful thing to bear in mind, but like I said at the start, if Russia wanted to shut off the supply, they could just do that. Yeah, but the, the idea is, is I, I think, that, and that's why I don't think it's, uh, that's why I think it's there to prove a bigger point than just oil. I think it's there to prove the point that, look, there are underground cables that are crisscrossing the Pacific and the Atlantic, and if we can blow up Nordstrom, we can actually blow up a cable as well. That's my thoughts. But, you know, again, we are here, we are speculating. And when what I tell our audience all of the times is when we are speculating, I say it's speculation. When it's facts, we also say it's facts. Anyway, James, thank you so kindly for calling. Please remember to keep giving us a call, 713-526-5738. It's a pleasure having had you on air. All right, Carl, come on in. Carl, you're hot. Yeah, I was calling about the, like the, you were talking about the flooding. Yes, sir. Go ahead. With the canals. Yes, sir. The, you know, you're talking about the, how the builders are, everybody just building a building. The builders, they don't care because they know the people are coming from California to Texas. They're going to build wherever they want, where they want, and they don't care about flooding or anything else. Because the homeowners are coming in, they're naive about the hurricanes, mm-hmm. all the flooding we've had, 
and they just they know that they're going to sell the house they need away, and the insurances for are the ones that are profit off of it. I, I mean, look, uh, first of all, let me, let me, let me, 713-526-5738, folks, is the number to call in, 713-526-5738, you're absolutely right. I don't know if you, are, are you here in Houston? Okay, so you know about the Barker Cypress Reservoir and and uh, the Barker and the Cypress Reservoir. You know, you know as well that uh, at at first no buildings were supposed to be built in that area, correct? Correct. And uh, suddenly now it's filled up with a whole lot of buildings, and whenever we have these major floods, they're all flooded out. But the thing about it exactly. is that cost, even even if it's them selling this stuff to naive Californians or whomever they're selling it to, it all costs us because it, it means our flood insurance goes up and all these other insurances go up. So um, don't shouldn't we really have a stake in that in making sure that government does not provide these real estate what I call, I mean, I like to call them real estate terrorists, right? Because that's what they do, right? Uh, exactly. Shouldn't we actually be uh, reining them in? But, you know, we have a sect in this country that doesn't want to have anything that deals with regulations. How do we handle that? You know, if, if government comes in and say you can't build, you're trying to regulate me, you know? Exactly. So It's like in the Heights. The builders, they go in and they buy a, a one house, they buy one house, on a say a quarter acre lot, mm-hmm. and they will put four houses, four stories tall, on that lot. Right. And they'll buy that lot for one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars, and they're going to sell them houses for two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars. Yes, each of them, each of them. Yes, and they're usually one, small. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they're it's just. And it's unregulated. That's what really gets me about it. That is what happens in Houston because we have we don't have zoning. We can do just about what we want to do in Houston. So that is amazing. But let me tell you, let me tell you, Carl. Um, one of the reasons we have these types of programs, right, is to sort of enlighten folk. Let them know that you know, yeah, right now things are maybe bad, but ultimately you have control if you go out there and vote and you vote your interest, not vote your ideology or party. If you vote your interest. Things will work out. Anything else you'd like to exactly. say, Carl? Nah, that's about it. I don't know griping for the day. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't, Carl. That's not griping. That's just telling some it's truth. Really, and you take it's care, my. It really irritates me about the, our politicians. Right. Know, how they just let everything go. And right. One thing that they don't realize is, if one of those houses catches on fire, a whole block is going to go up. There you go. Exactly right. I mean, they're not even two feet, three feet apart from each other. Yeah, it, it is amazing. I don't even know how people keep their privacy in some of those homes. But have a good day. Thank you. You have a great day. Okay, folks, 713-526-5738. All of the lines are open. They're wide open. You can give us a call, 713-526-5738. As I said, the subject of the day is Hurricane Eon uh, uh, should teach something about the government and private sector. It's about risk. And um, so, as I mentioned before, in flying over Florida, you see all the canals and you see all the homes. And these builders out there, usually uh, after having paid off politicians, get to do as they please, right? 
They build in these areas that require a bunch. Hell, uh, DeSantis, when he uh, was in Congress and and uh, New Jersey had its hurricane, he said, no, I don't want any help. Of course, we know we're going to help folks. But here's the deal. You know, many people think what's going on in Florida may be isolated. It's away from them or, or, or whatever. We're going to have to come to the, to, the, to the state and realize that we are one country and what happens in one place happens everywhere. Whereas one place may have hurricanes, the other place may have tornadoes, the other place may have earthquakes, and there are certain things we know about these places. And if we allowed proper risk management, things would be so much better. Jeff is in the house. Oh, I guess he hung up or... Uh, okay, he, they are taking his material. Okay, while he takes the material from Jeff... Are, are from Ted, I guess. Um, look, so therefore, my friends, whatever happens in Florida, don't think it's an isolated event if you're living in Montana, if you're living in Idaho, if you're living in where our friend just called from Michigan, that somehow you are isolated. All right, let's go ahead and talk to Ted. Ted, come on in. Ted, you're hot. Hi. Uh, listen, uh, I... Uh Wanted to call in to disagree with you about the zoning. Sure. Uh, I think zoning is uh, a bad thing. Okay. Uh, if you look at the uh, recently, we had there was a study, a government study. I mean, excuse me if I don't remember all the uh, details. Uh, you know, yeah. But uh, Houston was by far the best in far as homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, compared to San Francisco, you know, uh, New York, all the other major places. And and uh, one of the reasons why is because we have this, that we don't have zoning so that people can do exactly that. They can buy a large house, uh, for example, and turn it into apartments and uh, thus provide affordable housing, whereas other people, uh, other other cities... They, you know, they're stuck in those big houses. Either you have the money to buy a big house or you don't have a place to live. Okay, let me and, let, um, let me ask you it this way. Um, would you like to have a chemical plant right next to you? <laughs> of course not. Okay, and that's that's what zone. You know what you're. First of all, I agree with what you just said, right? In other words, uh, if if we have restrictive zoning there's a good chance that you can have increases in homelessness for the same reasons that you just gave there. So that's granted. But isn't it true also that we can create zoning to mitigate that, which means creating zoning so that a chemical plant can't be built next to your home, that a a strip joint can't be built next to, you know, have these types of... Well, I don't know about strip joint. (laughs) Uh, But at any rate... You're a bad man. You're a bad man. Okay, but seriously, folks. Yes. um, uh, Go ahead. Well, uh, now there you would be getting into, I guess the, the issue is environmental mm-hmm. regulations yes. as opposed to, uh, because the main driver for producing housing is, is profit. Yes. And, um, and they want to make big houses because they get bigger profit, True. Uh, even though there's more 
more people that can afford smaller houses. Mm-hmm. And so I would. I think you prove um, another point that, that I preach all the time, right? We should have good private sector government. We should have a bifurcated economy that we're that one the the capitalist portion of it you have laissez-faire build what you want etc but you have a stopgap measure to protect those who are not privy to that market don't you think yes i pretty much agree there and you know what's so funny about you agreeing with me there uh, my brother Anytime I make that case, you know what folks simply do? They, they call me the big S word as if it's, to, if, as if it's something bad, right? And when, when all, the only word I care about is humanity, right? Making sure everybody have a home, clothes, food, and health care, right? Yeah. So, I mean, well, it's... Well, I, uh, I'm a... I, uh, I, uh, well, I agree with most of your ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, you know that, but uh, the, there's some things that that uh, free enterprise does better. Can you name me one? Well, like I said, uh, providing uh, affordable housing. Let me ask uh, you a question. You, Let me ask you a question, and this is if really you can important. take a resource. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can take a quarter acre mm-hmm. and make four houses, mm-hmm. doesn't that provide more housing than enforcing people? To have a uh, you know a, a six thousand square foot home on their quarter acre. I think we, I, I think we're talking in a little bit past each other. Let me ask you the question this way because you're right. What you just said. That's why I said we're talking past each other. Let, uh, now, let, uh, go ahead. Chemical plants mm-hmm. destroy people. Mercury in your kids' drinking water mm-hmm. is a little bit different than. Uh, you know, no, but but here's here's what I'm saying. Speak a different language moving in next door to you. You remember earlier what you said, right? You said that uh, the, a lot of these companies find it easier to buy to create a bigger home because they get a bigger bang for their buck. That's one of the things that you said earlier, and that is what uh, that is what a capitalist com- company is supposed to do, right? Maximize its profits, so it it does the most important thing to make the most profit. There's nothing wrong about that. That's how the system works. But uh, that leaves all of those people without capital or the wherewith or the teachers, the people that that society have decided to pay small amounts of monies that leaves them holding the bag. And I, I, I revert my question again. I think you said earlier that there are certain things the private sector does better. I think in, in, in having a lot of in having hundreds of thousands of people thinking about things, doing different things, I think it's great. That's how you get pizza shop, making different flavors, etc. But I think there are certain basic things that I can't fathom how the private sector can do better when profit is but an expense. In other words, all things being when you make it you make it profitable mm-hmm. for people to produce more housing. In How do you do words, that? By, well, like I said, you can you can put four $150,000 homes on a quarter acre right. as opposed to one 
350000 And that's good. And then one less person, right? And let's say now, instead of having that corporation, that who's going to make on, on for profit on that, let's say two or $300,000, let's say we had the county government. It's not necessarily corporations. It's individuals. Oh, e- even, they're, yeah. uh, they're large. They buy a large home and then, I don't know, the main breadwinner dies and they rent it out. They that's they fine. Divide it in the small apartment. I, I am. That's not where I'm going. I mean, I, I agree with you there. But what I'm saying is what we have in reality is if you go into the Heights or if you go into these other parts of Houston, what you find are people, uh, these corps come in, they buy up a land, they, it causes inflation on homes in that area. And they said, oh, we can do it better. They charge a lot of money. They make a lot of profit out of that. Guess who can do that as well? The county government could just as well do that. In that small lot, put a whole bunch of uh, homes out there. There's not a profit motive. The homes uh, cost less. I mean, we, we, we can have a whole lot of different scenarios, right? Uh, yeah. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying. Here's the problem with the government providing things as you get into bureaucracy. And that is where you come and, in. Um, that's where you come in. I, I always tell people this, right? And tell me if, if you agree with this. We have learned to disengage from government. And I want, even with my program here, I want us to be more engaging with government. What did the what is in the preamble? We the people of the United States in order to form a better union, we the people. Government is we the people. I think we have to make it we the people again. Your thoughts. Well, again, I agree with you uh in general. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking in that particular problem and response to housing. Mm-hmm. I think that our uh our our uh, lack of zoning our lack of an insistence that uh, houses be a certain square foot. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's a positive thing. Well, by the way, I can't disagree with and, what you just said. At I, all. Think, I cannot disagree with what you just said there. And I, I think, think that the, obviously the residential and uh, industrial, there should be regulations about industrial, you know, chemicals and stuff like that. Hey, uh, Ted, I think... There's more agreement here than you realize, including what what you just said there, because I consider some of what you said just something that can be written in zoning laws and and making sure some other things are not in the zoning laws. And that's where I think when people sit down and talk together, compromises can occur or not even sometimes not even compromises. Sometimes you actually see that you're talking past each other. And that's what I think it's all about when when you get together and talk. Anything else you got to go before I, I I move on, sir? No. Thank you. Just so that one thing I wanted to make that case for. Uh, I guess. Uh, well, you made your case, sir. And housing. You uh, made your case, and I think nice one, sir. you made your case, and you did a good and job I, of it. Thank you so kindly for giving us a call. Admit, which one is worse for your uh, for your environment, a naked woman or a chemical waste plant? Hey, behave yourself, <laughs> Ted. Behave <laughs> yourself. You have a wonderful day, folks. It's Ted Great or what? Seven one three five two six five seven three eight. Again, that number is seven one three five two six. Five seven three eight. We'll be coming on with somebody else shortly, um, folks. Um, you know um, the, the way I'm trying to do the show, and and you're you guys are going to tell me whether you want it that way. Is I come with a subject, right? But I want I want the community to engage. So I may bifurcate my subject 
simply to talk to what you want to talk about. And by the way, welcome aboard online, Bridge MCP, Eric Hayes, uh, Lee Grant. Thank you guys for being with us online. Uh, Eric says, you don't move to said chemical plant, but people that work there live close by. Yeah, we have that right now in Pasadena, don't we? Uh, and I think it's also known as Cancer Alley. Remember that? Uh, let's see who else is with us. Uh, let's see. All right. It looks like we got a call. Come on in. The next caller. I don't have a name, but come on in. Caller, come on in. Um, hi. Hello. How are you? All right. What's your name, sir? Uh, Jorge. Jorge, talk to me. Well, um, I kind of just wanted to stay on topic uh, with what you have been talking about uh, today. And also, I just wanted to say it is uh, kind of cool being on your show. I've been listening to you for years. So it, it's very cool being on the show. Great. Thank you so kindly, sir. Um, so, well, I, I guess what my main concern is, and I, I'm not that old. I'm like 20, I'm 25. So I, I'm not well versed on how uh, the city used to be back in the day, but mm-hmm. um, maybe you can, uh, I guess, illuminate it. Uh, a bit for me, but um, how did it get to the point where, you know, they know that they're not supposed to be building in certain areas of the city, but now, you know, uh, you have houses like right behind the reservoirs and every time there's a hurricane, mm-hmm. uh, it, it floods, you know, um, I, I guess some of it is because you have people from all over the country pouring into like this one little area in Texas. Jorge, you, you, uh, listen, Jorge, uh, first of all, the one thing that I, I, I want my 25 year old audiences to never do is to diminish your, uh, what you have to offer within, uh, within our body politic itself, because the truth of the matter is our generation didn't do all that well. So, uh, please, we want your input and anybody that's 25 years old, and that's that's engaging in politics. You're way ahead of the curve of even people my age. So first of all, thank you for uh, for doing that. Secondly, to answer your question directly, it's amazing what money can do, right? Uh, what is money going to do? It's amazing that uh, that we knew back in the '80s that we shouldn't build in the Edward in the uh, Barker Reservoir, the Cypress Reservoir. We knew that. But of course, somebody comes up and they say, you know, we can elevate, we can put some land a little bit higher and we're taking them out of the floodplain, forgetting the laws of volume, right? Uh, (laughs) That you can displace, you can displace, but that water is going to have to go somewhere else. You get it. You get it. You're asking about it. You get it. But before I continue answering that question, folks, I want you guys to remember that tonight we have a special program between six and eight. We will be covering the Abbott versus Beto uh, debate uh, tonight. Again, between six and eight, we will be covering the Beto, the Abbott and Beto debate. And we're going to ask you guys starting at six to call on in and let us know your thoughts about this, this election. Anyway, continue, please, Jorge. Um, well, now that you've explained it a little bit better, um, you know, and, and it's something that I've noticed, uh, not just here in Texas, but like in other states, like for example, in uh, Louisiana, mm-hmm. um, you know, they build these houses, you know, next to places they shouldn't be building. But mm-hmm. then 
I, I don't know if it's just me or if it's really a trend, but the the people that seem to be affected the most are, you know, people of color, like the Hispanic, the black community, you know. Oh, I have like- a story for you, brother. You are so right. And again, it's big. Look, um, you it is always easier to hurt the marginalized, right? Folks who have been historically marginalized. And those aren't fancy words. That is, it, 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 my white brothers and sisters talk to me about this many times, right? They, they have something to do, right? And they have a choice to make. They have two very good friends, equally good friends. One, one uh, POC, one white. It is all, uh, that, that, that implicit bias generally say, well, uh, that person is used to that hurt. This other person isn't. What would one more hurt do? It is just an implicit bias kind of thing that occurs and that we have to kind of extricate from America. But it's true. Let me give you a, an ins, a, a instance with the flood in here in, in that we, the, the major floods we've had. Right. Uh, it's it was easy for us. It was easy for a Kingwood to say, throw more gates onto the dam in Houston. Right. And, uh, yeah. and 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 that way we can let out more water faster so that Kingwood doesn't flood. But what does that really mean? There are people who live downriver. And if you're sending more water downriver, by the way, guess who lives downriver? And those are the things that you have to, when you're balancing these issues, those are the things you have to think about. People are not necessarily doing it because they're bad people. Implicit bias makes you a good person just doing wrong. Well, uh, that, that's pretty much all I had. Well, thank uh, you. Again, thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Jorge. For, uh, Thank you. I mean, uh, I just want to say thank you for like all the all the facts and all the knowledge that you uh, help spread and all the awareness and stuff like that. Well, I appreciate you, sir. Please remember to tell folks about politics done right. Let folks know what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, folks. Thank you. Take care. All right. You take care too. Okay. Let's go ahead and take Mac. Mac is on the line. Come on in, Mac. Yes, sir. This is Mac. Talk to me, Mac. Just wanted to piggyback a little bit on uh, what Paul here was asking why people build. Uh, let, let me ask you uh, one favor, Mac. Could you turn your your uh, radio down now that you're um, that you're on air because I'm getting the feedback and we're a bit delayed. Oh, I'm sorry about that. That's all right. And while you do that, let me just tell folks, please, folks, remember that tonight, between six p.m. and eight p.m., we're covering the Abbott. Beto debate coverage between six and eight, and we are going to be taking calls from you. So call us starting at six. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts on the gubernatorial uh, contest. All right, go ahead, my friend, Mac. Yeah, I mean, uh, to the young man, what, what's going on here is that uh, we, we can't, you know, eat our cakes and have it. Mm-hmm. Folks in Texas don't want to be regulated. Right. You know, they don't want any zoning. Right. Uh, which means people do whatever they want to do. They build whatever they want to do. Like you cited, you know, the, does anybody want a chemical plant, you know, next to their home? And they rightfully said no, but they don't like zoning. Right. They don't. They don't like to be controlled on anything. They don't want to be regulated on anything. Same thing is, who would like to have a gas station next to their home? Right. You know, those are the issues. You know that oftentimes. 
we want to eat our cake and we want to have it also. We don't want to be regulated, but we don't want certain things, you know, happening. Matt, can I interrupt? Because piggybacking onto what you said, we don't want to be told what to do to some extent, right? But here's an interesting thing, right? While we don't have zoning, we have strong deed. We support and, and the state supports having strong deed restrictions. And which communities generally have the ability to have strong deed restrictions? Communities where people are all engaged. Working class communities don't have a lot of folks who have the, the, the time or the intent to engage as much. So they don't get the, the real strong deed restrictions that otherwise others would have to to you know to enforce what you just spoke about right yes so, well which means they have to get together to be able to push back on things happening right exactly and some of the suburbs don't want something like uh you know uh, uh the affordable housing built anywhere close exactly. to their own suburban homes that kind of thing because they push back on it exactly i remember one uh, one time i had a plank missing on my fence hey you got to fix that right away but you know hey that that's how it that that's that that's how it goes not complaining i didn't need to fix it but, but how fence. can that really be fair because you, you don't want to be regulated but you're pushing certain things back and saying no people can't do certain things right. isn't that regulation Right. Well, again, that's what I said. You know, I mean, the state, the, the, our, our, our laws are written for those who have the ability to participate in government. One of the reasons so many attempt to prevent some from voting is because when you get a true representative democracy, a democracy that represents the people, the ideas of all the people come into the fold. And sometimes those ideas take away certain privileges from some who have, uh, who don't want to do certain things. That's just how, you know, that's just how it is. Right. And that's that's what we're living through right now. And, and that is the kind of chaos that uh, that we are starting to extricate out of our communities, out of our out of our government, out of our uh, out of our social fabric. It's going to take a while, but it, we have to maintain it. We have to constantly do it. Anything else, uh, Mac, before we move on? What, 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 what's, what, what's the solution here? You know, what, what is the suggestion? The, the solu- oh, actually, I have the solution, it. brother. I have the solution. And it's what yes, we sir. do here, right? If you know, l- let me just tell you, I don't, I, I first respect everybody's point of view. I don't necessarily agree with you. And if I don't agree with you, I am going to try to make my point in such a manner that you refute it as best you can. And eventually, if you are a smart thinking person, and if I am a smart thinking person, I am going to, ref- if you, if you looked at me and you convinced me of something, we're going to change. The problem right now is that we have institutions whose job is to make sure we don't talk. We don't, because what they realize is as follows. You ever go to a game, right? And you have all the parents there and they're just joyful with their, their kids running a race and they're participating in a game and all of that. And they're, they have all this talk that's going on and they're agreeing on mostly everything. They love their kids. They love going to, to the park. They love doing all these things the same, right? And there are a couple of things that make these people different. We have externalities, the Cato Foundation and all these outside sources that try to say, ah, look at what those folks are doing there to, to create, to, uh, that's going to hurt you. Look at what that person is doing. They use race, creed, 
uh, ethnicity. They use all kinds of stuff to create divisions among people, right? And what I do in my job as an activist journalist is the following. I don't play the game. Everybody has carte blanche. Everybody has the access. Every single person, I don't care who you are, has value. And when everybody starts to get that as opposed to the value to, to fight against each other, things start to change. How do I know it works? Because I get it done. You see what I'm saying? Yes. You know, it's like uh, I have a problem trying to wrap my head around this issues that uh, an average uh, citizen or a voter don't seem to really uh, do some serious uh, critical thinking about certain things, you know. Right. Take, for instance, you know, this is a little bit of a digression here, all right? We don't like controls, which mm-hmm. is exactly what regulations right. and uh, um, zoning is all about. Right. But we are also, on the other hand, controlling uh, what women can, or regulating what I, women you're, can. You hit the nail on the head. So I want to do a, work? I got a station call here then. Folks, you're listening to KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Uh, please give us a call, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. A lot of lines open. I will repeat once again, 713-526-5738. Uh, look, let me tell you, Mac, you hit the nail on the head. You know, people tend to, when people say they don't want controls, what they mean is I don't want anybody to have control over things that affect me. But that doesn't up, 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 up stop me from wanting to control what others do. And it's that mindset that we have to work on. That might that is a, that is that is actually sort of a, a, a paternalistic mindset uh, where I can tell you what to do, but you cannot tell me what to do. I can tell a woman what to do with her body. I can tell those, uh, those, those darn immigrants that are running from some of the policies that we created in their countries, I can tell them to stay out, right? And when you start to, when you start to change that hierarchical system, uh, that is what it's going to take. And what I'm saying right now is people too often feel impotent to do anything. And our goal, our goal is to ensure, and you know, I, I learned this at a, at a conference that I recently went to in New York. I used to say, I want to empower people. Well, I don't have neither the power or the right to talk about empowering people because people are already empowered. It is what do they, it, it is trying to ask them to do, you to ask them to use their power to do what needs to be done. Follow? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's, uh, it's a little uh, disheartening to see what is actually happening to us. Right. You know, and uh, and somehow we don't we don't seem to see. We have a beautiful country out here. Yes, we and do. And we, we're trying to tear it apart by ourselves. So, so people who haven't really lived in a different country don't really know what they really have here. Right. Uh, and I um I, I feel very, 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 very you know depressed really to use that word to think of what they're going to how they're going to feel when they get to exactly where they want us to go. And that's where I'm saying, my friend, it's uh, not a good place. Mac, all. let me tell you that is where I'm saying the following. My my goal is not to get people depressed. My goal is to get people 
engaged. The best, the best solution to depression, the best solution to feeling like things are falling apart is to engage and rebuild them. And I, I can tell you that from experience. You can, uh, the, 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 I, I wrote a book called As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right Wing Doom. And it occurred when the fighting occurred, that, you know, the fighting among uh, the Affordable Care Act and all these things occurred in 20, uh, 2008. So I wrote this book in 2010, I believe it was. And the idea was, you know, I am not going to sit back and not do anything. I am actually going to engage and talk to people and talk to people ad nauseum. And I knew, I knew that one person could have an effect because of the geometric progression. One person can have an effect. Think what two can do, three, four, five, six, seven. So what I'm telling you is just like you're engaging today, this conversation that you and I just had is listened to by thousands of people. And this conversation alone would have engaged many other folks that that are listening to what we're talking about. So that's what it's all about, brother, engaging. And thank you very much for calling Politics Done Right uh, on KPFT. Thank you. Thank you. And keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. You have a wonderful day now. All right, folks, 713-526-5738. All lines are open and we still have eight minutes to go. 713-526-5738. Please remember tonight between six and eight it's Abbott versus Beto coverage. We are covering that program. And we will be taking calls beginning exactly at 6 o'clock for the program. So please remember, KPFT is live again. There's nothing like having us live again, folks. 713-526-5738. Is there something that's bothering you? Is there something that you want to talk about? I spoke about having three subjects today. While I, I spoke about the risk in Florida and uh, many of the callers who spoke about the Barker Cypress risk here kind of allowed me to cover much of what I was going to say in there. The other subject that I was going to cover or that I am covering is... When we fight, we win. San Francisco airport workers end strike after a pay victory. You know, uh, Americans see every day on the stock market, not on the stock market, but we hear, we read the, we see all these, these CEOs saying, oh, we had a record profits. We made records amount of monies and the executives and the companies this year qualify for a 30% bonus or a 50% bonus or a 150% bonus if you're in the oil business. If, uh, all these great things that you see, success for these people, success built on your backs. And then you go ahead and say, I'd like a raise. And they say, we can't afford it. But so many others are making money. You know what, what, what I love about this story? Just even the title tells you, when we fight, we win. You have to remember, there is no corporation without you. There are no executives without you. There are no executive bonuses without you. So when that executive gets his bonus, make sure you get yours. Don't allow any less at all. Any, every, every single American citizen who is working for wage should be unionized i repeat uh for the caller that just dropped give us a call again we are we we, we can still get your call in give us a call again 713-526-5738 again that number is 713-526-5738 we are waiting for your call um anyhow so it was it was wonderful it was wonderful 
seeing that uh, the title here where we said, if you, if you, if you fight, when we fight, we win. Remember, remember what things are all about. You know, they don't want us to engage. They are fearful that we will engage. When I say we, I'm talking about all those that are looking for that, that pay raise, all those that are looking for those better medical benefits, all those that are looking for all of this. It is there for you to take. Don't let anyone fool you into believing you don't have the power that you have because you do. Uh, you'll hear me say this over and over again, program after program. I'll always interject these types of building statements into the, into the fold. And the reason why we do that, folks, is because we want to make sure that you use your power from within. It is essential for a successful, equitable society for us to all use our power from within. Never forget that. And nobody can take that away from you until somebody takes your vote permanently. Again, you can do it. Folks, tonight, between 6 and 8 p.m., we are having Abbott versus Beto. We are talking about Abbott versus Beto. It's a call-in show. It's between 6 and 7 till, and, and we are then carrying the debate live. But we want to hear your thoughts before the debate. And then we want to see after the debate. I'll cover that on, on my next show. After the debate, did they really get it done? Did Beto get to Abbott? Did Abbott get to Beto? We want to know. 713-526-5738. We got three minutes. If somebody gets in real quick, we can still get it done. 713. The show coming after this is El Señor Tom Hartman. My good friend Tom Hartman will be after this program today, folks. Don't forget, tune on in. Because, again, you, you want to hear some good progressive info. I always call, I, I always looked up to Tom and say, Tom, man, when I, I, when I see him at Netroots or when I see him out at one of these conventions, I always make sure to go uh, spend some time with him on his show. And he usually comes on, on Politics Done Right as well. 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Uh, folks, again, between 6 and 8 p.m. tonight, give us a call. Give us a call. Talk about the Abbott-Beto debate. I hope it's a healthy debate. I hope Beto covers the issues that he needs to cover. I hope Beto covers the issues that he needs to cover because... Uh, this election is is it's going to be a a big one. Mike Mike Collier actually is probably the one to watch. Uh, Mike Collier is probably the one to watch as lieutenant governor running against Dan Patrick. Remember something very importantly: uh, in Texas, the lieutenant governor has more power than the governor because he's the one who decides what laws actually get passed in the state of Texas. So we're coming up close to the end of the program. I want to thank you guys so kindly for listening. All the callers that called in with those very smart questions, all of you, that is what makes a, a good on-air radio station. Having these great callers that, that both bring and take. So um, my name is Egberto 
Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And folks, you know how I end this program every single time. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what 